What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer, Mike Richmond. You were listening to another episode of Lockdown Blazers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Blazers preseason is upon us. Tuesday night, the Blazers kick off their preseason slate against the Denver Nuggets. So we're going to go preseason heavy on this one. I want to talk a little bit about basically who's going to play, first off, give you a little news news and updates on the injury front. What to expect from not only tomorrow night's game against the Nuggets, but the whole exhibition season and how the Blazers are going to approach it. Uh, in the second segment, I want to talk a little bit about what I'll watch, how I'll pay attention to these games, um, how I'll approach sort of trying to learn from the preseason. And in segment three, we're going to talk to Adam Morris of Locked On Nuggets and get a little view from the other side about how the Nuggets are approaching preseason, how they're going to approach Tuesday night's game, and just in general, uh, more from Denver's side. So let's, let's start with the injury update. Start with news. Pau Gasol, not going to play. Everyone else, non-NERC going to play. Uh, if I do injury updates for the rest of the season, I'm just going to leave Nurk out, guys. So let's talk again in 2020 about Nurk's health. Pau Gasol, though, still out. He hopes to play in one of these preseason games. Uh, I'm not 100% sure he will. I'm not 100% sure it's important that he does. Dude's played a lot of basketball. Uh, I think it could be valuable for him to play some contact ba- basketball that game in games that don't count just to get his wind, try to get his uh, conditioning right before the season starts. But the Blazers aren't going to rush him back. I expect if he does play, it's going to be next week towards the end of the exhibition season. But I guess the sort of more notable thing is who's not on the injury re- list Zach Collins and Hassan Whiteside, who did not play in fa- at FanFest. Zach Collins dealing with a middle finger sprain and ha- Hassan Whiteside with a sprained ankle. They both practiced on Monday and have been and are not on the injury report. So if they're not on the injury report, it means they're healthy. So you can presume that they're cleared to play, and that likely means they'll play together for the first time in any kind of real game, even though this isn't a real game, but you get the point. Probably the biggest storyline of the exhibition season is the, how those two dudes fare together. When they're on the court, what do they look like? Stott says he's going to play everyone against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, that's that's a whole group of people. That's 18 healthy guys. So I wouldn't expect anyone to go over 24, 25 minutes. About half the game is what I expect for the for the Dames and CJs of the world and starter type players. About half the game, no no more than that in the first one. Sounds like against Maccabi Haifa, who they play on Thursday, Stotts is going to give the vets not an, a, totally a night off, but he's going to play them a lot less. He said to be limited run for them and let the young guys get out there against a non NBA type team. This will give non roster guys a chance to sort of play, get some some uh, real minutes, get some things on tape, do things like that, try to maybe, maybe, maybe battle for the last two-way spot in the Blazers. If nothing else, uh, get them to actually play some games, reward them for coming to training camp and working hard. And then Stotts said, and I quote, he will ramp up the minutes against Phoenix on Saturday. However, Terry Stotts said that he's not really looking at rotations this week and added that I wouldn't read too much into rotations tomorrow. This is Terry Stotts' way of telling reporters to leave him alone about rotation stuff. Um, he just This is his sort of coy way of being like, don't ask me about who played with who after, who, who played with whom after Tuesday's game. But he's also likely telling the truth that he will just kind of roll out a bunch of random combinations and play guys, mostly worry about guys' minutes, not exactly about which five is on the floor together. 
Uh, he rarely outright lies to the media, although he often omits the truth. So listening to him say, I won't read too much into it, probably is more truth than it is false. The other thing is, the Blazers play Denver to open preseason tomorrow, and they play Denver to close preseason uh, a week from Saturday, and then they face the Nuggets to begin the regular season. So the idea that either team, either Denver or the Blazers, will show anything special, anything new, any types of specific defense or any new set plays um, or little wrinkles that they're adding in seems outlandish. Stott said he expects it to be pretty vanilla. I think it'll be um, just barely recognizable as Blazers basketball. They'll do some Blazersy type things, and you know Damian Lillard will be there being very good. But uh, I think th- this will be um, more practicey. So if there is going to be a dress rehearsal, and this is something that I'll ask Terry about on Tuesday before the game, it's going to come next week on the road against Utah. It sounds like this week he's just going to ramp guys up, and then next week at Utah would be the game where, generally speaking, the second-to-last game, the penultimate preseason game in the past, has has been when Terry Stotts kind of gives his dress rehearsal. He plays guys a normal amount of minutes. He puts rotations approximately what be what they'll look like when the regular season starts and kind of gives his top nine, top 10 guys their feel for what regular season Blazer basketball is going to look like. However, the past two seasons, Terry Stotts has totally punted on a dress rehearsal. I think that's in large part because he's brought back a lot of the same guys And even when there's been new parts, they've been new parts at the end of the rotation. So they kind of know where they're going to play anyways. It's not the same thing as bringing in new starters. They, you know, they've had the same starting group for two and a half seasons. But this year they got a bunch of new parts. So I think he might be more inclined to run a real dress rehearsal. And he's not going to do it against Denver because why would you show them what you're going to do prior to the opening night? So if it's going to happen, it's going to happen next week against the Utah Jazz. Now, I think there's some interesting storylines to watch for the Blazers during this preseason, but I don't think you're going to see a lot on the court that lets you gets you this, this deep insight. So what I want to do in the second segment is talk about how I'm going to watch preseason games, because I don't think it's always as simple as, oh, this guy played with this guy and they did this, because... There's so much experimenting. There's so much sort of just hiding things. Um, You can learn stuff, but it's not as maybe simple as you might think. So that's what I want to talk about in segment two, what I'll watch in Blazers preseason, and, and in turn, what I think you should watch too. But before I do that, I want to tell you guys about Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Locked On at checkout. Okay, so you got the nuts and bolts of how preseason is going to go down, how the Blazers are likely to play the exhibition season. Now I want to talk about what I'll watch during the preseason. Um... I don't think the Blazers are going to run on a lot of elaborate sets, like I mentioned. They'll run their stuff, and by their stuff, I mean just sort of like read and react flow stuff, the actions you're familiar with, the basic sets that they've been running for seven, now eight years under Terry Stotts. And a lot of those sort of actions give players 
a ton of choices at basically every juncture. If they want to hand off, if they want to drive, if they want to pass to the other side, if they want to do all these things. It's a lot of um, – it gives players freedom to sort of read and react and play off each other. That's that's the idea of the flow offense. So I think they'll run their stuff. I think you'll see things that kind of look familiar to you. But I don't think they're going to run a ton of elaborate set plays. You know, Stotts might try out, uh, particularly when it's non-Damon CJ handling the offense, calling a play from the bench just to see if the guys can go through it. But I don't think we're going to see many new wrinkles yet. If the new wrinkles are coming, they're not going to come during the exhibition season. And if they do, we'll talk about them right here. In fact, it'd be great content, so maybe I hope I'm wrong. Also, I, it just has a caveat. It's easy to get sucked into stuff. Like all last preseason when Yusuf Nurkic was jacking three-pointers and all of us in the Blazers media world were convinced that he was going to become, become someone who shot threes. We were wrong. So I caution during the preseason is try to avoid that cool new toy evaluation and stick to the more like nuts and boltsy type stuff. That's why what I'll be watching is more basic things. Like, is... When the Blazers get defensive rebounds, does Dame look more content just to sprint up the court and not look back for the ball? He's talked so much about playing off the ball with this team and how with new ball handlers like Kent Bazemore and Mario Hazonia and Anthony Simons and even Rodney Hood to some extent that he doesn't always have to be on the ball. and He can sprint up and transition and get threes. Now, in the past, he's talked about that but hasn't really been functionally comfortable with that when the games start. So one thing I'll be watching when during the preseason is, is Dame more comfortable with that? The other kind of basic thing, and I alluded to this in the first segment, is I'll be looking at where Zach Collins stands on offense when he shares the court with Hassan Whiteside. If he is that Al-Faruq Aminu role where he's kind of in the corner and then filling into the top of the key to take three-pointers, I don't think you're getting the maximum value out of what Zach brings on offense. I also think if he gets too close to the rim, he kind of crowds the spacing a little bit with Hassan Whiteside, particularly when Hassan's operating as the screener in those high pick-and-rolls that the Blazers will... Maybe they don't run a ton of, but a lot of their actions end up with a high pick-and-roll with uh, with Hassan setting that screen for, um, for Dame or CJ. Additionally, there's some, uh, not to get too granular here, but the the Blazers run a play called motion down. It's an action motion down where the center holds the ball at the top of the key. That's going to be Hassan Whiteside with the ball at the top of the key. I'll be interested to see what Zach Collins does there. He can be a screener who sets in, you know, nice quality off ball screens, but does he flare out to the three point line? Does he try to drop into the rim? How does he get open? And how does he space off Hassan Whiteside? Because those two's dynamic, like I said, is one of the most interesting side stories. I don't even know if it's a side story. It's one of the most interesting parts of preseason for me is how those guys who haven't played together at all get going and function together. Because the Blazers have sort of a limited options in the front court. Those two dudes are going to have to coexist. And I think that'll be an interesting part of the season. Another thing I'll watch in preseason is who the coaches yell at the most. Not because uh, I just want to see who gets who's in the doghouse, but I think sometimes, particularly with young players, it's insight into what kinds of things coaches have been trying to get on guys in practice about. You know, if if there is a just an action where you see immediately one of the Blazers assistant coaches hop up and yell at Gary Trent Jr. or start yelling at Mario Hazonia because they didn't do something or they, or they were too slow or too fast, not patient enough. Uh, I think those are interesting things to see what type of stuff behind the scenes the Blazers have been really harping on and where guys can 
you know, earn more playing time, earn the coach's trust, or where guys are kind of wearing on coaches because they haven't been doing things the right way or they have been making the same mistakes over and over again. The other thing I want to watch is, I mean, Anthony Simons and what he does against NBA quality competition. Um, I wasn't going to talk about FanFest, but FanFest... And why I wasn't going to talk about it is the Blazers had an open scrimmage fan fest on Sunday. Um, I did not attend was one of the reasons I didn't want to talk about it. But the other one is just because I don't think you can learn a lot. Uh, from what I, I read, Anthony Simons didn't shoot the ball very well. I read the box score. Um, but I, but I, I just don't think that's very meaningful. And I think once we get into preseason games, while they aren't super meaningful, the box scores slowly start to mean more than an open scrimmage. So I'll be watching Anthony Simons. But the specific thing I'll be watching Anthony Simons is whether he plays straight-up point guard in any of his minutes when he's on the court alone with either Jess Dame or Jess CJ. He's obviously probably going to play off the ball if he's with Jess Dame. But if he's with Jess CJ, does he get a chance to initiate the offense? Does he get a chance to play point guard in the NBA? Or is he always an off-ball scorer? Or if he's on the court with, say, Mario Azonia or Kent Bazemore, does one of those guys become the initiator on offense? And Anthony Simons, again, is relegated to off-ball score. I don't know if we'll get to learn a lot from preseason, but it's those kinds of small little details that I think you can glean. Uh, like I said, you can get caught up in shiny new toy stuff. If somebody makes a bunch of threes, like, say, Anthony Morrow, uh, when he was fighting for the last roster spot, everyone in the Blazers media, myself included, figured that Anthony Morrow had shot himself into in his preseason performance, had shot himself into the, a roster spot. Well, the Blazers had already pretty much made a decision to only keep 14 guys. What Anthony Morrow did was shoot the ball really well and get a chance to go home. Some of the decisions are already made. So, reading too much into this guy played really well or this guy played really poorly isn't as meaningful as how they played. So, it's not what they do, but how they do it. Is Anthony Simons a a point guard or a shooting guard? Is Zach Collins a floor spacer at the three-point line, or does he find little holes on the baseline to get himself space? Uh, does Hassan Whiteside really have some passing chops? Those types of things. And that, that might not be assist numbers or things that really show up in the box score, but there's these little sort of how nuts and boltsy stuff that I think are more valuable than... Uh, any type of sort of like big picture conclusions you can draw. I think the little details you can start to suss out if you pay close attention, whereas the big picture stuff, we'll never know. Because this week and these three games won't be, won't have much to say about who plays with whom and when, which I'd argue is really the biggest part of coaching is lineup combinations. Terry Stotts will make those decisions outside of preseason. And this week will be more about how guys play when given small opportunities. And like I said, there can be mirages like the Nurk chucking three-pointers thing, but there can be some small truths uncovered, like chemistry between two guys or just comfort on the court between a certain trio or a certain duo. You can learn that stuff in preseason. Other things are more of a mystery. But the Blazers open up against the Denver Nuggets, the exhibition season, on Tuesday night. So in the third segment, we're going to welcome in Adam Mares from Locked On Nuggets to talk all about Denver, what they're doing this preseason, and give us a little preview of what to expect on Tuesday, next week when the Blazers play the Nuggets again, and a little bit on opening night. And now joining us is Adam Mares of Locked On Nuggets and DNVR.com, a new wonderful website covering all things Denver sports, and especially the Denver Nuggets. 
which is good because the Blazers are going to play the Nuggets a bunch over the next two weeks. Adam, thanks for joining us. We missed you, man. Long time. Uh, <laughs> it's been a while since we've gone against each other, like three months. Yeah. Have you been uh, watching the Blazers celebrate on the on the Nuggets home floor like, <laughs> like the rest of the Nuggets over and over the, again? The entire, yes. All, all the writers in Denver, we had to get together. We had to watch it. It was tough. It was a tough moment, but, uh, you know, it's motivation. Yeah, when you got the when you first launched the website, you got everyone in the room and just secretly put that clip <laughs> in right at the end just to get everybody get the, get the the blood flowing, the juices flowing. Exactly. All right. Well, it's not going to preseason isn't exactly the playoffs. Um, I hate to tell my listeners that it's actually the exact same thing. Please like and subscribe. Um, but <laughs> so no no Nikola Jokic tomorrow night, but pretty much everyone else for the Nuggets. And the big one is nineteen months in the making. A sort of NBA debut for Michael Porter Jr. How excited are you for that one? I don't know if I could be more excited. And I don't even know if excited is the right word. Just curious. I mean, as you mentioned, 19 months in the making. Denver drafted him last July. And I, honest to God, have not seen anything. You know, we've heard reports. We've talked to him. We've talked to teammates. We've talked to a bunch of different people who have seen behind the scenes. But I haven't seen anything other than the the occasional dunk highlight from the Nuggets official Twitter account. So I people always ask me, what do you think Michael Porter Jr. is going to do this year? What do you and I always say, until I see the guy, I have no freaking idea. So I am I'm excited, but I'm more just curious because right now he could literally be anything. Right. And he's he actually in my mind, changes their ceiling a lot. Like if he, if he is one of these, you know, lottery level talents all of a sudden on the wing, they've got, he answers a lot of questions for them beyond, beyond him. What are, what are you watching for? What should fans be watching for from the Nuggets in preseason? Well, the only other piece that's really sort of new is Jeremy Grant um, came over from Oklahoma city, of course, in that fire sale they were having over the summer. And I, I think here in Denver, a lot of people, myself included, really think he could be a, an ideal fit. You know, he shoots the three-pointer, um, especially from the corner. So as a four, he can space the floor incredibly incredibly athletic, which I think you need alongside Jokic in the front court. Yeah. Um, you know, led all forwards last year in block shots. So on paper, at least, it makes sense that he would be this near-perfect fit for Jokic long-term. But we just haven't seen it. And, of course, we won't get to see him and Jokic, as you mentioned, Jokic out. But just kind of curious to see how Jeremy Grant looks up close and personal playing for the Nuggets. Yeah, I think he, he's a big one. Um, he's he's kind of tormented the Blazers a little bit uh, as a member. Of has the, he? As, the th- um, as a member of the Thunder. Yeah, he just his length and his athleticism has given them issues over the last yeah. little bit. I don't know how, how that bears out in the stats, but I know just watching it, it's just like, oh, they don't have an answer for him. Um, <laughs> uh Will the Nuggets play any games straight up? Like, are they going to have any dress rehearsals during the the exhibition season? Yeah, I think so. You know, there's four games. Michael Malone talked about Jokic will definitely play two, maybe play three. So I'm kind of surprised that he sat this first one. But um, especially it being on national television, you know, not that I think Michael Malone cares one bit about that. But you'd hope that the one game that we'll definitely get a chance to see here in Denver, um, you know, he'll be sitting out. But I do think he'll play probably two. I think the next one will probably be maybe Jamal Murray will sit, Paul Millsap. I'm guessing game three of the preseason, that'll be the one where everybody plays. Yeah, that's generally how Terry Stotts has done it, even though he has eschewed uh, the dress rehearsal game the past couple of years just because of familiarity with the roster. So I thought maybe yeah. the Nuggets might do something similar to that. you got to assume, though, tomorrow night would be pretty vanilla. We're not going to see anything special from the Nuggets, are we, beyond, you know, we're not going to see any new wrinkles. 
No, 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 no new wrinkles, basic wrinkles, um, you know, but it's, it's going to be a lot. Denver, as you mentioned, a ton of continuity and, and these two teams played each other so recently and their divisional opponents and they play on opening night. Right. That I think both teams have such an incentive to, hey, we're not going to like work on refining our plays tonight. We just want to give guys a run. So I expect Michael Porter Jr. will play a lot. Um Vlatko Chanchar is sort of a, a rookie from uh, from Europe. He's not really expected to play, but he'll run a lot. Jared Vanderbilt was one of the best recruits in the country out of high school, broke his foot at Kentucky, and then you know has basically been sidelined since. So he's sort of making his NBA debut sure, as well. Sure. So those guys, I think, will get a lot of run, but it, th- those are the types of guys that are like really exciting for someone like me who's really into the weeds of the Denver Nuggets, but I don't right, imagine right. Portland fans are very excited for Vlatko Chanchar. Yeah, he's you know he's big on Twitter, but I don't know if he's big in Portland uh, <laughs> Portland's neck of Twitter. Yeah, I think Portland fans would have been really excited about Bull Bull. Bummer that uh, yeah we won't see him just yet. Um, eventually though, maybe. Well, Denver would have had the greatest preseason team of all time if they would have had Bull Bull and Michael Porter Jr. making their NBA debuts. Greatest preseason ever. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't exactly know where <laughs> I don't the know what bar, that means. I don't know where the bar is set for that, but I, I'm going to go ahead and agree. I'm going to say yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Um, yeah. So the Blazers, they, they also finish up against Denver uh, because the NBA thinks these two cities are close to each other. Um, <laughs> so you've got to assume that uh, nobody's going to play in that game from either side. So, yeah. uh, so if it is the penultimate game that we're going to see sort of both of these teams at full strength, are there, are there little things that you want to see that sort of like how, how will you watch preseason to like know that, oh, these little things are going to work? You know, for Denver, there's a bunch. It, 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 there's a bunch of little things, and I, I you, you don't put a ton of unless you're the Lakers, you don't put a ton of stock into the preseason, right? You know, the Lakers so, love that first eight minutes of the preseason. <laughs> they were all about it. What did they say? Watch out, league, or let this be a warning. Like, okay, okay all right. Um, no, I think uh, like, like you said, it's just going to be watching those new pieces, and there's little things. Gary Harris um, has had two back-to-back injury plague seasons, sure, sure. and unfortunately, starting to get that label. He's he's at his lightest weight. Um, that he's played at since you know since his rookie season. So I'm curious just to kind of look and see if he looks a little more spry. Um, Jamal Murray allegedly is in really good shape as well. So there's just little things like that. But whether they are or whether they aren't, you learn that it's an 82-game season and there's just so many little ebbs and flows. I guess the last interesting piece, if you recall, in the series actually before the Portland one, in, in the San Antonio series, Will Barton was the starter, but he had been hurt all year and didn't play very well. Game four, they switched the starters. They'd gone with this for, you know, 30 games in a row. Switched the starters, put Torrey Craig in there. So one of the stories I'm curious, probably not tomorrow, but eventually, is just who gets that small forward right, position. Right. They, they that's, actually have a spot up for grabs. grabs. They have a real spot yeah. up for grabs. I don't, I'm not sure the Blazers do. I think that's, uh, I think their starters are mostly set in stone. But yeah, I think, I do think that's, uh, obviously, Will Barton, um, the people's champ here in Portland still. <laughs> that's right. Um, but yeah, but they they have some yeah. some options with Wancho, Hernan Gomez, and and if they want to stick with Tory Craig and his um, defensive instincts. So yeah, I think those are good ones. I I always think that uh, preseason is better to watch like little sort of chemistry and comfort things than it is to watch any like actual basketball stuff. So the things I always mm. watch for is like, do these two guys seem to have good chemistry together, and could that translate in a meaningful way? As opposed to um, I think the Nuggets do have something specific, like who is the best small forward to fit with the other four starters. That's that's real. 
Yeah, for sure it is. And I don't think we'll get anything out of that tomorrow, but yeah, we certainly won't within anything. a week's time. Yeah, we won't know anything. But we'll maybe by opening night, we'll, uh, the Nuggets will have some clarity. Uh, but if not, there'll be 81 other games for them to figure it out. We'll see you in one week. Then we'll see you in one week after that. And then, I don't know, maybe two weeks after that. Yeah, it's another quick turnaround. They play each other a bunch in the first month. Uh, Adam, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Um, you want to just uh, throw in some plugs here? Only thing I'll plug because I'm, I'm on a Blazers podcast and you mentioned the People's Champ. The greatest thing I ever worked on was a documentary with Will Barton. I sat down with him for several hours, interviewed Damian Lillard about him as well. So if you Google Will Barton locked on Nuggets. Uh, if, if you're curious about Will Barton's sort of backstory, it's a, a really, really good hour, hour long sort of documentary. Will Barton, um, really, really, for someone who didn't necessarily pop here and then got traded away for Aaron Aflalo, love, beloved here. So my listeners, check that out. Check out Adam's work. Yeah, he does great awesome. stuff. And Will Barton's pretty cool too. <laughs> for sure. All right, man. Thanks for joining us. Um, we'll talk soon. We got more Blazers Nuggets. It's going to happen all season long, all year long. Appreciate you joining us. Take care. All right. That was Adam Ares. Be sure to check him out on Lockdown Nuggets. Also, be sure to tell your friends about Lockdown Blazers. They can find it wherever they get podcasts. That's on Google, Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. We got tons of preseason content coming this week. Three preseason games. I'll have you covered for all of that. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you guys soon.